from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. William is in Tampa to start off this hour. Hey, William, what's up? Hey, Dave and George. How are you guys? Great, man. How can we help? Um, me and my wife are flipping a investment property, and we are in contract. And come to find out the people purchasing the house are in an extended stay and they're paying them 3500 Now, I had the bright idea to let them move in before they close, and my wife instantly said no. So we're not doing it philosophically. I know she's right, but can you tell me logically why she's right? Um, well, she's not necessarily right. Uh, it's done all the time that people move into properties uh, or remain in properties after they sell them, either one. Um, you know, but what you would have to do is you would have to have a series of, of check boxes that, that made it wise, okay? One is I'd want to be very sure of their financing, okay? that they're that, Are they financing the property that they're purchasing? Yes. Okay, I'd, I'd, want, a, I'd want a lot of details about that and know that they're – qualified their mortgage company needs to give me a lot of assurances this deal's closing okay two is i want a ridiculous deposit okay that is refunded upon closing like i don't know what's the property selling for 315 okay like 10,000 15,000 bucks that's what i'd call a ridiculous deposit Okay. okay, but they get it back as long as they close, right? Yes. Uh, then, then the, the next thing is is obviously well, not obviously, but the the other thing is is there's a lease, there's a written agreement that if they don't close by a certain date, they move out and they forfeit their deposit. Okay. Would now, you do a weekly lease or a monthly lease? Well, it would be a it just be a written document that gives the terms of the lease, which is how much they're paying you, how much the deposit is, and that the, that if they don't close by X date, they move out and forfeit their deposit. Okay? Okay. Now, if you've got a solid document like that, you've got a big butt deposit like that, and you've got real, real good assurance on these people are studs as far as their finances go, their financing is going, uh, then there's not much risk to this. You kind of almost hope they don't close and you pocket 15 grand. Okay. That makes okay. sense? Well, it, it, it does. That's why I, I wanted to do it, but when she doesn't want to do something, I, I listen to that. Well, I listen I to it too. Just, just letting them move in, she's right. I wouldn't do that. With no, without those other three things, okay. But if they don't want to put up a deposit, good. Sit in the sit in the extended K. They don't want to sign a lease, good. Sit in the extended uh, stay. I call it extended care. <laughs> this is daycare. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> um, or if their finances look iffy, then yeah, that would be she would be right in any of those. If you don't do at least those three things, 
Okay, I'll flip it on its head. I just did this, only it was me. Okay, or something similar. I sold my home, which was a multi-million dollar property, and the buyer part of the agreement was, I did it last year, part of the agreement was I got to stay there rent-free for four months after I closed on it, but I, I left them a big deposit, and we had a written agreement, and then we moved out, and we got our deposit back. Simple deal, right? But part of the agreement was I stayed in a house that they owned because we closed it, and I stayed in my old house four months after closing. I mean, you see what I'm doing? So that's a similar yeah. deal, but it's a seller deal rather than a buyer deal. Yeah. But still, that that's the process. So the whole thing, George, is, is covering you know, bases. Cut, yeah, dot your eyes, cross your T's. You know. Yeah. Now, the are you doing that with any of your sales? Are you moving in or yeah, out? Yeah, so the, the buyers of our current home are allowing us to live there 10 days after closing for free as part of the deal. Yeah. And so that's part of it, and it's all in the agreements, and it all makes sense. And if we don't close, there are ramifications. And so, you know, all of that makes sense when you have your, your I's dotted, your T's crossed. But when you just do it willy-nilly without any agreements on the table, that's then where it gets Then dangerous. his wife would be right. Yeah. And sometimes exactly. people do that. They just, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. And then you get into a problem. Yeah. You know, so just make sure you do your due diligence. You've got the right paperwork in place. You've got the agreements. You feel good about the closing. Parker's in Atlanta. Hey, Parker, how are you? I am good. How are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? I understand. So my wife and I just accepted new jobs about a few weeks ago. And just so happens we ended up starting at almost the exact same time. Cool. So with that comes, of course, open enrollment for healthcare, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And that got me wondering, do you have any thoughts or opinions on each of us having a family health care plan where one of them would be like a PPO or something generic and the other one is an HSA that we would attempt not to touch. You can't do it. You're going to screw up everything. Okay. If you have two health plans covering the same people, they argue about who is primary and neither one of them will pay. So just buy a, uh, okay. buy a health plan for your family at one place or the other. Okay, so I should not do dual at all. You no dual. Dual dual gives you absolutely zero benefit. They are not going to both pay. Okay. They're going to argue gotcha. about who pays. No. Okay. How many people I in the family, Parker? It's just my wife and I. Oh, okay. So, so does your does your company furnish yours free and hers furnish hers free? Um, I mean, we pay into it, if that's what you're asking. No, that's, so not, I, no, that's not free if you're paying into it. No, okay. Right. So you both have it. to pay for it, okay? Uh, are you paying for yours more than you would pay extra to be on hers? No. Or vice versa? Because it might no. be cheaper for both of you to be on one or the other as an add-on than it is to have two standalone policies, but it might be cheaper if the companies are subsidizing it for both of you to each have your own at your own companies. It'll be fine. But there's no reason for any kind of dual, yeah. double coverage because you don't benefit from it. Dave, you pay for it and you don't get anything except a hassle. Oh, yeah. My wife works here at Ramsey, and we both have separate policies because really? it makes more sense. It's more. It's mathematically better. Because you got to do the family plan if not. 
and we don't have kids. There's not, you know, there's all oh, kinds of Oh, and it doesn't added. save you any money because exactly. we pay for a bunch of yours. Okay. Yes. So you got to crunch the numbers here and go, what makes sense for us based on health and cost? That's it. That, that makes sense. Okay, good. This is The Ramsey Show. I get asked all the time, when in the baby steps is the right time to buy life insurance? My answer is typically now. Life insurance is not part of the baby steps because it's needed when your family has debt and not enough savings to provide for their financial needs. That's when they're at the highest risk. And no matter where you are in your baby steps, it's a necessity, not a choice. This includes working husbands and wives, as well as stay-at-home parents. It's pretty expensive to replace those stay-at-home parent responsibilities. I own recommend term life insurance since it's the most affordable way to get the right amount of coverage and not break your budget. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. These are the guys I personally use. Term life insurance is inexpensive and your family needs this no matter where you are in your baby steps. That's Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Xander.com. George Campbell Ramsey, personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Guys, we get it. When you're worried, money is all-consuming. You can wonder if you've got enough to pay your bills or even afford to fill up at the gas station. It's always on your mind. But you work too hard to live like that. You shouldn't have to be stressed out. You should have peace. And when you have a proven, detailed plan that millions of people have used to not only get out of debt, but to become millionaires, well, it gives you a lot of peace. That's why we named it Financial Peace University. Almost 10 million families, people have gone through this class now to learn how to budget, to save, to spend, to invest, to become debt-free, to be outrageously generous. And now's a great time to take the course. We just updated all of almost every single video and includes George Campbell, and Dr. John Deloney now, and you don't want to miss it. So it's Rachel Cruz, Dave Ramsey, Dr. John Deloney, George Campbell, and uh, it's quite a lineup. You're going to love the new lessons. Decide today that you're done letting money stress rule your life. You can do this. Get started with Financial Peace University by visiting RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. That's RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. Our question of the day comes from Blinds.com. Find out for yourself why they're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with free samples, free shipping, and new promos every month. You'll save even more. Always use the promo code Ramsey to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Sean in Mississippi. He says, my wife and I have been tackling our $200,000 of debt for the past three years, and we have about fifty-five k left. We've continued to tithe and contribute to various Christian organizations. This has caused some debate between us. I'm more aligned with taking a step back from tithing and paying off our debt. However, my wife remains steadfast in our need to continue to tithe at least 10% of our income. I know the baby steps say that we need to complete baby step 2 before starting baby step 7, 
However, our charitable contributions are very important to us. If we had not donated over the past three years, we would be debt-free now. Do you have any recommendations on how to persuade my wife to concentrate solely on paying down debt? Wow. Well, that's assuming that we agree with you, Sean, isn't it? That's a problem. Yeah, I think we're, the problem is we're, we're probably not going to agree with either one of you here. Yeah, Sean is looking at the math and going, well, if we stop tithing, we could pay off debt faster. Doesn't that make sense, Dave? That's the whole point of the process. Mm-hmm. But it's not. There's a heavy spiritual component, if you're a person of faith, that mm-hmm. you should tithe 10%, and that's the baseline. Yeah, and Scripture's pretty clear that it's first fruits. The tithe, the 10% to your local church, is first fruits. It comes off the top before you do anything else. Now, uh, we're not legalistic about it. Uh, that's just what the Bible says. And so if you want to do something else, God's not going to be mad at you, but his instruction manual is very clear that a tenth of your income goes to your local church. Uh, this is what evangelicals have taught and believed for years. Now, lots of people have different you know, viewpoints or whatever within different denominational movements, but evangelicals uh, across the board, this is what we teach, what we believe, and there's a lot of scriptural basis for it, obviously. And so... Uh, but again, nothing has to do with your salvation. God doesn't need your money. The church doesn't even really need your money. If they do, they got other issues. But re- really, this is about you having a rhythm of giving in your life, and that God wants you to have giving at the top of your list always. So now, where I would disagree with your wife is the other things that are not a tenth of your income going to your local church are not tithing. The extra to Those the charitable are called offerings. Those are called offerings. And uh, there is no scriptural indication that offerings come from anything but surplus. And while you have debt, you don't have surplus. So offerings should come from surplus. So I personally did and would recommend that while you're getting out of debt, you tithe and nothing more. And so I did not give to any other ministries, any other parachurch organizations or anything else while I was getting out of debt except my local church, my tenth. You'll have plenty of time to do that later once you're out of debt. But you're taking care of your own household first. You don't have surplus, and offerings come from surplus. And so ex- even extra things that the church is asking for. We're in a building program. We're Mission trying trips. to raise money for a, uh, whatever cause that the church is doing. Well, that they're going to take it out of my tithe check. Um, and that's what I did while I was doing it. Again, none of this, though, is a salvation issue. None of this makes God love you more or less. None of this falls in that bucket. But these are just the what, if you do a detailed, in-depth Bible study, this is where it will lead you. And that's why it's what we've done and what we've told you to do. Now, where would you say to bring those back in, the offerings, the charitable contributions? Would that come after Baby Step 3? Yes. Because we're kind of done yes. with the gazelle intensity. We're moving yes. to intentional. Because Baby Step 3, as far as I'm concerned, is taking care of your own household. If you don't have an emergency fund and you're not debt-free, you haven't taken care of your You've got household. a rocky foundation. And you know, Scripture says take care of your own household first, or you're worse than an unbeliever. Okay, so take care of your own household first. And that doesn't mean be selfish as a course of your life or as a character quality. It just means that you've got you know, you to feed your kids before you feed hungry kids because mm. yours are hungry too. Okay, and so that that's all that means. You pay your light bill before you pay the light bill at the homeless shelter. 
And so, and you can um, let that fuel you. I mean, if you're on the debt free journey, absolutely, you really, it I mean, should fuel you. They're passionate. If you about have a giving. desire about giving, it, it means you're going to. Pro- There's high correlation between that and people that build wealth. Let's get out of debt faster so that we can do what we really want to do, exactly. which is give outrageously. And the most fun you'll ever have with money. We teach on generosity a lot. We believe in generosity, but uh, but that that's the nuanced detail of how to flesh out your generosity. So your wife is trying to do too much. You all have been doing too much, and you're trying to do too little. So you both are wrong. Split the difference. That's according to what we teach and according to what I believe. So there we go. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Carla is in Las Vegas. Hey, Carla, how are you? I'm good, Dave. Uh, Hi, George. Hey. How can we help? So I have a question. Um, We have a... A home we have we have our house that we paid off um and we are currently in the process of purchasing a new home great yeah so we my husband and i um initially thought about putting the house for sale using the funds from that home from our current home into the new home but we're kind of unsure if we should do that or just keep it as a rental property. You have the money to pay and for the new home in cash if you don't sell yours? No, we don't. Hmm. I'd probably sell it then. You do I'm, have- I'm going to sell it and use the proceeds okay. on the new one. What's the new one going to cost? So the new one is right under 600000 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what's the mortgage you need to take out on that? Um, it's if you about kept it- anywhere from... Three to thirty-four hundred a month. But are you taking out all six hundred? Do you have a down payment on this new one? Because all your money's tied so up in the old do, house. Right. So we do have savings, and um, we are putting. I mean, the the minimum that we should put is about fifty. Okay. No. Here's the thing. How, I would not do this. I just wouldn't do it. You need to sell your current house. Here's why. Okay. L- let's say that you you keep the current house it's paid for and you have a debt on your home effectively it wasn't directly but effectively it's the same thing as having borrowed on a paid for home to buy a rental property and we would never tell you to do that but you see how that's exactly what you've ended up doing yeah yeah, so you're going to take this money and any money you got in savings, and you're going to either pay cash for or almost pay cash for the new property, get it paid off, and then you should start saving in cash to buy your next rental in cash. But I'm not going to lead you to borrow money on your residence to go buy rentals. Yeah. And effectively, that's what's happening here. You're not quite at a place to be a real estate investor. Yet. Yeah, you need to get rid of it. And I know it sounds fancy or it sounds sophisticated. And I've always made a rental property. Yeah, that's great. But you don't do it this way. This is this is you're going to get yourself in a crack here, kiddo. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get in your residence. Get your residence paid off, and then start saving up and buying rentals with cash. It's what I did years ago, and I've got several hundred million dollars worth of real estate. This is the Ramsey Show.
George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Paul and Stephanie are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hello, we're good. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Where do you live? We are from Lynchburg, Virginia. Oh, fun. Liberty Town. Yeah, That's right. Good stuff. Did you go to Liberty? Yes, I went there for grad school, and then he went there for about a year. Ah, excellent. Okay, cool. So, how much debt have you paid off? $100,800. $87.95. Love it. How long did that take? 29 months. Whoa. And your range of income during that time? Started around $53,000 up to about $95,000. Cool. What do you all do for a living? I'm a physical therapist assistant. Mm -hmm. And I'm a marriage and family therapist. Excellent. So what was the $101,000? All student loans. All student loans. And did it in 29 months. How long have you all been married? Just over three years. Okay. So right after the honeymoon, basically, you sat down and said, okay, this is a problem. (laughs) Tell me the story. What happened? Yeah. So it started more so in 2017. Um, We had you come to our church and did the whole cutting up of credit cards (laughs) and offered, after that, our church offered financial peace. And so we ended up taking- You at Thomas Road? Yeah. With Jonathan? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, and we had never heard of you before that. And so we ended up taking the class with our life group. Um, Honestly, like really enjoyed it, but still at the time felt like we didn't have any money to save or like to spend. You were college students, yeah. Yeah. So we waited a couple of years, um, got married. We got married two weeks after I graduated from grad school. And then Mm -hmm. the six months later was when our, my um, tuition payments started. And so... At the time, I had started calculating how much it would cost to, if we did like the 10-year plan that they automatically put you on, and it was going to be 20000 extra dollars. Mm-hmm. And I told Paul that, and we were just like, no. <laughs> That's just like wasted money, it felt like. You didn't want to make a donation to Sally Mae? No, 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 we didn't. Yeah, when Steph said that, it was pretty much game on. Uh, and then you remember that guy that was at church that time. Yes, yes that's right. Because then we got back into, he. I don't remember this, but he said that I just like started YouTubing you and was looking up a bunch of videos and then got back into, uh, we started listening to podcasts and like honestly from there, um, we've just been like doing your plan since. Wow. So Good for you it was guys. It's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So basically right after you got married, all this stuff comes loose because you graduate. Yeah. And everything starts coming due. We have this $20,000 discussion. Yeah. YouTube pops up and you go, okay, we're getting out of this. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. We just, yeah, we just didn't, we didn't want to do it anymore because he was still in school when I finished. Mm. So we got to like, thankfully start with mine and then his started a little bit later. So as a newlywed couple, you kind of want to do all the things and upgrade the cars and we graduated and get the house. What were the sacrifices you guys had to make in the face of probably all of your friends doing those things? Yeah. Um, I'll start. We we kind of loved that process just because we honestly like have not really, I don't know, we haven't really spent our lives just like getting expensive things. And so we always tell everyone our apartment, you can vacuum the whole thing from one outlet. And so it's like super low cost. <laughs> There's a perk. It's a long corridor, small. a small apartment. Yeah. You should be yeah. a real estate agent. You're in the wrong field. <laughs> right. It's so small. Um, so we just had really low expenses overall. Like we, we had, you know, low cost of living. Um, Paid super, for cars. That's right. Yeah. Super low um, phone payments. Um the laundry. Oh, yeah. We were um, 
we had to do, use quarters at the laundromat, and we decided we weren't going to dry our clothes. We were just going to hang them up in front of a fan and save the dollar fifty and put wow. it towards our bed. <laughs> like so, Little House on the Prairie. Pretty much everything <laughs> yeah. we did, we tried to save. Or they didn't impressive. have a fan. <laughs> no. Yeah, you just have to wait a couple days. Yeah. you know, you know, you're going to wait a couple days until you need that shirt or that pair That's of pants. Perfect. That is some sacrifice. So. Impressive. Wow. All to save a dollar fifty, but that added up. It did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred and one thousand and twenty nine months. <laughs> that's that's legit. I mean, you kicked yeah. it. Wow. You kicked it hard. So now, at the end of the day, what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Because you're professionals, you've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big part of it was getting on the same page and, like, with sacrificing, try to find um, some fun things to do along with it. We did a lot of hiking, like things for free, um, even like with our laundry or not turning the heat on all winter. We just found mm-hmm. ways to save money like wherever we could. And it felt you, like you guys promise made like a game together. out of it, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Much. It was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> was it really, yeah. The dollar fifty really didn't matter. It was just part of the game. Yeah. It was just the, I think it's just the attitude of saving like brought us closer together yeah. in our marriage. And then just, it gave us a very real goal. Um, it helped for us to like set dates mm-hmm. and try to hit those. And Which also it, makes it super sweet when you pay that last payment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even we had setbacks. We had like a eight thousand dollar tax bill because we we didn't know she was a private contractor, and so we were working through that. And being with year. setbacks, just staying the course and chipping away a little uh-huh. bit at a time. What was it like using a dryer for the first time? <laughs> it was magic. Oh, uh, we, we haven't done it yet. We haven't. Done <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh wow! It's we go time. over to our friend's house, it's and it's time. pretty magical. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I thought I was frugal, Dave. This is impressive. I go to their friend's house. Way. That's not even a dollar fifty. You know, so yeah. that's great. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Way to yeah. go, guys! That's awesome. Very, very cool. We're very proud of you. Congratulations. Thank Who you. Who were your biggest cheerleaders? I would say our families have been super big encouragers throughout it, and then. We've had friends along the way, um, specifically friends who we think like have been just wiser with their money. And so, especially with like the different setbacks that we've had, we've been able to just ask them and say, hey, what do you think we should do in this situation? And without them, we probably would have, you know, had bigger setbacks. So mm. I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah, I think family in our corner was always supporting us. And then we just had good people around us that were yeah. uh, pointing us to good tax accountants, figuring out her taxes and just good ways to save and good ways to handle our money. Yeah, very good. Well, congratulations, you guys. Very well done. We've got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires, our latest number one bestseller for you. Uh, How Ordinary People Built Extraordinary Wealth, How You Can Too. That's your next step. That's your next process. You go ahead and go ahead. Next big milestone, anyway, becoming a Baby Steps Millionaire. We've also got a copy of Total Money Makeover for you to give to somebody that was encouraged by your story, probably. And if you haven't been through Financial Peace University officially, now you can do it. We're going to give you a one-year membership to that, or you can give it away, whatever you want to do. So, well done, you guys. We're very, very proud of you. All right, Paul and Stephanie Lynchburg, Virginia, 101000 paid off in 29 months, making 53 to 95 Count it down. And let's talk. Let's hear a debt-free scream. All right. Three, two, two, one. one. We're We're debt-free! Yeah! That is how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it's done. Hanging the clothes to dry. Love it. Tyler's in Orlando. Hey, Tyler. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, I've always wanted to ask this. How you doing, sir? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, not much. So I, um, I, I'm in a position where I'm going to be getting a promotion soon, where I'll be uh, I'll be making two hundred thousand dollars a year, um, and currently making eighty thousand. Wow, um, that's this, awesome! This big jump. 
Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, is that I come from a, a humble mechanic background, making thirty to forty thousand a year. This is unfathomable amount of money to me. I I don't want to go stupid with it. I want to do good with it, and I just wanted some some advice. I, I've I've listened to you for the past year or so. I kind of have a little bit of an idea, but like I said, with these kind of extra zeros at the end, I, I'm kind of, you know, a little, a little scared, a little anxious, and a little lost. So, mm. Well, congratulations, man. I know it's scary, but it sounds like you want to do the right thing here. Do you have any debt? Uh, I have about 20000 uh in debt between the truck and just some other little things, uh, you know, back here, back here, places, truck, a, um, a computer and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but that, that I, I did plan on my first paycheck that I get from the company uh, in October, just going ahead and paying it off. How much you have in savings? Um, just, uh, zero dollars and zero cents at the moment. Um, <laughs> Well, that'll all change very soon. I'm going to put you on a plan here because we're running into the break, but I'm going to get you Financial Peace University. I want you to watch all nine video lessons, and with that, you're going to get every dollar to start budgeting and paying attention to where every single cent of this $200,000 is going. We're going to get you an emergency fund. We're going to pay off the debt. We're going to get you investing, and you're going to put this $200,000 to work, my friend. So hang on the line. Austin will pick up. We will hook you up with Financial Peace University. This is The Ramsey Show. Camel Ramsey personalities, my co-host today. I'm Dave Ramsey. This is the Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dan is with us in Boston. Hey Dan, welcome to the Ramsey Show. How you doing? Great, man. What's up? I just have a quick question for you because I, I listen to your show quite a bit. And um, first, I want to say thank you for taking my call. And I wanted to like a lot of the stuff is structured around houses. So I know you would say do the 15 year fixed. And it should be the mortgage should be no more than twenty five percent of your take home. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get like let's say you wanted to get a two unit instead of a house, you know I don't have kids or anything like that. Would you would, would the same thing apply? And then how, how would you factor in the the rents that you get? Okay, you know what I mean. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think the the way to answer the question for you for you to answer the question is this: Why I'm asking you? Why do we tell you to save to, to not have a house payment more than 25 percent of your take-home pay so you're not biting off more than you can chew basically right and so you can get the house paid off yeah okay now the duplex changes that because you have a renter you have repairs and you have rental income right yeah okay so what would keep you from uh you know what what percentage would keep you from uh, biting off more than you could chew and not being able to get the house paid off? Like sooner. Yep. Well, I mean, like you said, I like, I like your, I like your, 
I mean, you could use the 25%, but my point is if you, okay, we're going to use that rent as, I'm not counting it at 100%, like it's not there, like it's always coming because rent doesn't always come. Absolutely. But if I wanted to raise the 25% up a little bit by, you know, let's say that the unit is renting for, the the other unit's renting for 1000 bucks. okay? If I wanted to say, all right, I'm going to take, three to five hundred of that and add it to the 25 percent that might still meet the common sense guideline that we're giving you does that make sense that makes absolute sense i figured you'd either say that or have a bigger instead of three to six months do like you know 12 to 18 just to no i'm still gonna stick yeah i'd still stick with the three to six months now the other thing you got to know is you you do need in your property account you in addition to your three to six months you need some money there Anytime you have yep. rental property, crap breaks. Yeah. And they break stuff if it doesn't break on its own. So no, Absolutely. Yeah, you're just the, the you're going to be surprised at what your expenses are on these things. It's not it's not all uh skittles and rainbows, you And know? Uh, so, let me remind you, you live next to your renter. So they will be knocking. They will see you outside, and they will complain about things. So there's uh you got to think about that too when you're looking at duplexes. Yeah, and what Twitter you're putting in. You know, so the the great news is you live next to your renter. You can see them and get in touch with them. The bad news is you live next to your renter. So vet them very well. So yeah, that's that's going to be the thing. Francis is with us in Salt Lake City. Hi, Francis. How are you? Dave and George, what a privilege! Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I've been listening to you, Dave, since I was a teenager. My father turned me on to you, my mom and dad, and what a privilege. Thank you so much, and bless you. Well, bless you. How can we help, Ellen? Thank you. I So, brief, brief overview, I'm 55, single mom. I've raised two kids. Of, uh, I've been through two bouts of breast cancer, but I have fabulous news. As of three years ago, I'm 100% debt-free. Yay! Awesome. Yay! I know. I need. I haven't celebrated that with anybody, so thank you. I guess my heart is still heavy because I am debt free, but I own nothing. I, I don't. I don't own a home. I've rented this entire time. So, uh, just quick overview on my on my income and and my bills. I make twenty two dollars an hour. I'm an admin assistant here in Salt Lake. Um, I get paid every two weeks. My checks are fifteen sixty, but my take home is only eight fifty, and this is why I have been diligent in putting fifteen percent into my Roth four hundred one k, which is uh, uh, four sixty a month, and I get a four percent match from my employer, mm-hmm. and I do my HSA max, which is three hundred a month, and as of today, there's four thousand dollars in there. Mm-hmm. And um, what's your question? See, I, what's your question, Francis? My question is, I have two. I have two questions, Dave. I have ten thousand dollars in an emergency fund, and that is it I, for savings. I, I have. Uh, I work part time. Francis, what's your question? My question is, do I use my few extra dollars I have a month with my side job to save for a home? Yes. 
and I and I might even back off uh, on the HSA and some of the retirement savings te- temporarily uh, and get you a down payment and saved up for a house. Uh, Is that not what you wanted to I hear? I knew you were going to be honest with me. I guess I just, it, I had 20 grand in there and I started getting the, you're never going to have 20% down with the house. A starter house is four and $500,000 now, Francis. You're not going to ever make that at your age now. You'll be buying a house at 70. It, so I thought, okay. I'm and just a starter house is not stock. four or 500,000. That's a medi- That's the median house price in America right now is 380. And that would be very true in Salt Lake City. A starter house is one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand, and you don't have to have the twenty percent down on your first purchase. You're just going to have PMI if you don't have twenty percent down. But you need to get in the real estate game because you do not want to live to eighty-five and for the next thirty years pay increasing rents every year. Because rents are going to go up every year. They have as long as I've been alive. They go up every year. Rent doesn't go down. And it does, and it doesn't stabilize, and it doesn't level off. And so you want to get rent out of your life because it's a destabilizer to your golden years. So yeah, it's time to do that. And it might sure. mean getting some more income in the door. If you might want to look for a new job, you might want to take on extra work right now in order to get that down payment. Yeah, and it's okay to slow down or stop your retirement, and certainly your HSA uh, savings for a short period of time—two years, three years here—and you buy a home when you're fifty-eight. And, and it creates a fixed expense. You know, and, and you get a good, a cute little starter. It could even be a little condo. But let's get our foot in the door on this real estate thing so it doesn't uh, it doesn't continue to escalate and get out of reach for you permanently. But, yeah, you're going to get there. And, and, yeah, George is right. You may want to relook this career. You're not making a ton of money. Um, you're doing okay. You're not starving to death. And you're very diligent and you're very careful and smart. But that's that's what I would do if I were in your shoes. Going into retirement, it's important to not only own a home, but get one paid off because it stabilizes the largest part of your budget. And it changes what kind of retirement you have. Yeah. You don't have a mortgage hanging over your head or any other kind of debt. Or rent. Yeah. yeah. Well, Francis, tune in tonight for our Real Estate Reality Check event. I think it'll be encouraging for you to hear you know, what's going on in the market, the right way to buy a house, how to do it with wisdom. I hope it's encouraging to you. And that's at uh, 7 p.m. Central tonight. Yeah, just jump on RamseySolutions.com. For those of you listening to this, this is July the 14th on Thursday night. We'll be doing this event, the Real Estate Reality Check. There's a lot of people facing a lot of stuff out there emotionally regarding uh, whether they think real estate's going to crash or whether they're going to be priced out of the market for the rest of their lives or whatever. And there's some real things to talk about on this and to get things done. So let's... um, you, you guys join us tonight. It's completely free, by the way, the live stream tonight. And it'll be from 7 uh, Central to about 8 Central, give or take. And so jump in and, and join us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That was a good hour, George Camel. Good times. A lot of housing calls, which, not shocking, but we didn't really plan for that with this uh, real estate event tonight. But it's on top of mind for a lot of people. It's a, it's a, It's what a lot of people are talking about. Uh, Austin, Ben, Zach, Andrew, James, and Kelly in the booth. Great job in there, guys. Uh, That does put this particular hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Hang on. We'll be with you before you know it.
Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.